1: What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Corner Podcast. Kel we here with the old man, Andreas Hale. Talking MMA today, we had one hell of a boxing show to kick off the week. But it was a UFC pay-per-view this week. yeah. And people bought it. <laughs> people watched it. And to me, it was one of the best hardcore fan f- cards of the year. It ended up delivering. Yeah, I, I thought it was a great card. You watched it from your phone from a row in front of me. And then I, I was watched. like
2: trying to watch through your tiny screen. Then I went home and watched it. Cause I was like, ah, I can't really <laughs> watch
1: this here. Was, yeah, no, it was fun. I went home and watched it again. Uh, my wife was coming to pick me up after Spence Crawford fight. And she was like, well, hold on. The main event's still on right now. Cause she likes watching Gaethje. And she was like, trying not to leave until the fight was done. I was like, yo, I'm finished. She was like, hold on. Let me finish the end of this fight. And it was like the second round. And then I talked her into leaving. So um, her and RGF leave. And then they're on their way to get me. And then 10 minutes later, or not even, it was like two minutes later, knockout. And I'm texting her. She was like, oh, my God, I think Justin she's going to lose. I was just like, "Yeah, he got a knockout. She's like, you made me leave. <laughs> like, she was so pissed. So we had to get home, watch the fights. It was, uh, yeah, it was super fun. So I, I went home, got to catch up on that entire card. I stayed up, chilled, watched the whole thing, because after Spence Crawford, I couldn't go to sleep. I was just
2: amped. I was like yeah, it was wired. Like, yeah, I was too.
1: So I watched this whole main card, so that's fun. We'll go through that entire card. Hope we will not talk about jump soaking again this week, but wild wow, ass conversation last week. I guess a lot of people know about this. Apparently like so. A phenomenon. Uh, more than I, I knew of. And then we have a f- Fight card this weekend, Corey Sanhagen versus Rob Font. Um, we also have a guest coming on to join us during the end of this show. So that should be really fun. Damon Jackson joining us. So we'll do all of that today. That's to say we got to start at UFC 291 Salt Lake City. Salt Lake went Salt Lake. The crowd was reasonable. Yeah. It was there wasn't fine. like an over amount of USA fans.
2: No, I mean, it's Salt Lake City, They, you know, they won the bid, so they get these two shows, and crowds are fine. They, they were, I mean, it was a, it was a nice the crowd. The crowd was hype. Yeah, the crowd was hype. So it wasn't as hype as being at Spence Crawford. But, yeah, I mean, this was a this was a good pay-per-view. I just hated it was the same night.
1: Yeah, it kind of was like, oh. But we can talk. I'm just trying to make sure we don't miss anything on the prelims. No, nah, man, we need to go from the top down. Top down? Yeah, we got to start. We got to start with Justin Gaethje. All right, let's do it. Main event, Dustin Poirier, Justin Gaethje, BMF title. Hey, I said Justin Gaethje was going to knock his ass out. Yes.
2: And I don't know how the ghost of Leon Edwards showed up in Salt Lake City.
1: <laughs> in Salt Lake? All you did you got to do is protect yourself from head kicks. Yeah. Oh, my Beat God. me
2: in any other way in this main event. Look, Justin Gaethje, he's a different man since last time he fought Poirier. It's funny, like, since they last fought each other, they both have the same exact record. They both lost to the same person. They're the same fighter. Yeah. Their wins are different, but they lost to their madov and they lost to uh, Charles Oliveira. They're both six and two. They fight each other, but it's a different or is kind of the same fighter. Gagey is not. He's more poised. He's, he doesn't go crazy. If you hit him, Yep. like his technique is there. Like he talked about it being defensive, but he had a good first round. Like both were given and taken. Then he just kicked Dustin
1: Poirier in the head. Quick fast. <laughs> and <laughs> it's set up by those monster leg kicks. Oh, those, those! I remember, God damn it, who was I talking
2: to that was friends with, with Poirier and there was just song about how Poirier was like, thank God I got him out of there because that shit is the worst. Because the way he loads those leg kicks, oh my God. Indiana Jones whip. Yeah, it's, it, I mean, and, it's, and it thuds. It doesn't and slap. It's like thud, thud. And Poirier, like, he takes the first one, and he, like, kicks his leg back, and he, like, looks. He's like, I remember how this feels, and I didn't like it. <laughs>
1: this ain't fun.
2: Yeah, I didn't like it. But Poirier, you know, BMF champ, knocks out Gaethje in the second round. I don't Opposite. know. What, huh? Gaethje knocked out Poirier. I mean, yes. Yes. My bad. <laughs> Gaethje knocks out Poirier in the second round as the BMF champ. I don't know what this comes with. Immediately, Connor McGregor gets on social media. It's like, shut up, Connor. Connor wants to fight everyone except for the guy he's coaching against in Ultimate. Football. No, he don't want to fight. He's lying. He doesn't want to fight any of these guys. Yeah, he likes this attention. He don't want to fight. He like he should never get in the octagon with Justin Gaethje. He will get killed. Yeah. Like it won't be pretty at he all. He cannot take those like No, he that cuz he he's so front heavy on his lead leg, like Gaethje will chew that leg up and he'll be done. Connor needs to shut the fuck up stay out of it. Gaethje kind of said
1: the same. Yep. He's like I ain't fighting nobody that takes surgery. Today just before we got in here on Twitter, uh Gaethje because Connor kept tweeting, kept talking shit. Gaethje was like, sign the contract. And then Conor came back, he was like, signed. He didn't like sign no contract. He didn't sign shit.
2: That, as Gaethje said, and I don't take Gage's lighter, he was like, I was supposed to fight him five different times. And he wouldn't sign the contract. Connor's desperate. And I hate that we're even bringing him up. But the plan now, it looks like is going to fight the winner of Oliveira and Makhachev.
1: Should. I mean, that's a long time to kind of sit on the shelf. Ain't that long? You gotta wait until October for them to fight, and then like, I, I don't think he cares. Like if if
2: if, if it's for a title, he'll wait. wait. Yeah. As for Poirier, he would
1: be the one that probably would end up fighting Connor. I'm not sure if Connor's fighting. So I, I don't think, think he's fighting at all. I I'm think just saying Poirier has to fight Chandler again. Wait. Well, you're lost. Wait, 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 yeah, they did this already. Yeah, but what else is there? Chandler was supposed to fight Connor. Connor's not going to fight him. Poirier
2: could fight.
1: We Go to the weight rankings.
2: I don't know because Oliveira and Magachev, that's the class of the division. Benil Darius just got wiped out by Charles Oliveira. So maybe you fight Darius. Could. Or maybe you fight Fazeev. Fazeev, that's a
1: tough one. It's a good one, though. It is. Gaethi and Gaethje just beat him and then Chandler, yeah, he got subbed by Dustin Poirier in his last yeah, fight. So then beat that. Tony Ferguson, lost to Gaethje. But the guy just did a whole season of the Ultimate Fighter. Yo, fighting Chandler's got
2: to fight somebody. I feel bad for Michael Chandler. There's Gamron. Like Dan like, Hooker. Dan Hooker. I mean, no. They both fought Dan Hooker. Chandler fought Dan Hooker and Poirier. Poirier's in a- st- he's in a tough spot. It's not a necessarily a bad spot because he's a fan favorite. Everybody loves him. He's done the rounds on social media and media since being knocked out. He's handled it like a champ.
1: Yeah, yeah, he was great on Ariel's show. Yeah, he'll be
2: fine. I just when you try to figure out this division, it's a little messy right now. Go up to one seventy, see what's popping. He could, but it feels like those guys are going to be too big for him up there. Yeah. So I don't know where he goes, but I feel like if Gaethje waits for Oliver, and Machado, that's the way to go.
1: I just want to know what do you do with the BMF title? Like you win it, that's it. Until that person retires. And then it's gifted to someone else. The president has been set. You don't defend the BMF title. No. You have it until you decide to retire, and then you now put it on the next person who's a BMF. But you know, this was uh, this this is
2: what we expected. Gaethje gets another bonus. This guy's a bonus machine. He's, it's the only way he getting paid. He's the most exciting fighter in MMA. Like, if there was any he's the highlight, if there was any a person as deserving of the BMF title, it was him. It's always been him. Yeah. However. True deserving person for this title, Charles Oliveira. Oh, I mean, he's he's ne- beating everyone else. He's never in a bad fight. No, neither is Gaethje. So if Oliveira, I I don't know. We'll get to Oliveira and Makachev as we get close to that fight. If Oliveira was, manages to pull that off, and we get Oliveira and Gaethje too, Oliveira probably wins again. Islam got to run it back immediately. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But yeah, for mm-hmm. for.
1: A a main event that didn't have a real title on the line, kind of went how we expected. It's fun. For a while, as long as it lasted, it was fun. And then we had Alex Pereira versus Jan Bohovic. I mean. Pereira survived the second round because it was close. She got a little sticky.
2: Jan got his back in the first, took him down, looked really bad, managed to survive a rear naked choke attempt, looked better in the second round. Some people said it was a robbery. It wasn't. I thought Period. when I watched it, I was like, nah, that was was close. close. Yeah, it's close, but it wasn't a robbery. Um, But Yuri Pahashi is going
1: to kill him. It's going to be interesting. If he can't land the knockout punch, you got a pretty good chance. Like, we saw the same thing with Stylebender. Stylebender was winning that first fight. Yeah. Just got caught. (laughs) When you get caught, it's, you're in a world of hurt. But he got caught after 22 minutes of that fight? Yeah. So now it's like, how long can you avoid catching these hands? 25 mer- minutes, him and Yuri. I do think Yuri's better, but it's going to be one of a fight. And if if Alex is able to win that belt for any reason, now a lot opens up with him and Israel Adesanya and moving up. He's just so big. He was 228 right. the night of the fight, no waiting big- at 205.
2: Huge. Yeah, Izzy's not going to up to 205 to fight him. Because then you're just... Now you're struggling to get to 205 while he's eating his weight. He's at 205 and he balloons up. He's going to have 30-something pounds on you on That's fight That's test. Yeah. And I don't think Izzy wants to do that. But, hey, I didn't think... I, I, was, I felt like Jan was going to play spoiler. Jan made it the distance. He's just a really tough, durable guy. Yeah.
1: So, whatever. Good win for Alex, though, in his first fight in the weight class.
2: Derek Lewis. With a six pack.
1: Just keep this man out of Texas.
2: He, might, he is. If Derek Lewis has, keeps the six pack, it becomes like TRT Belfort. Yeah. C level cane. Like we've reached that with Derek. Not Lewis.
1: non-Texas Derek Lewis. Yeah. That, that's where he is. Nick, you bet on Derek. I'm assuming Nick in the booth, bet on Derek. <laughs> Nick was cashing in. I think I saw Nick jump in the pool from another subathon. This guy's just making money. I need to just bet all the people, Nick says. That's going to be my new thing this year. Derek Lewis opened the fight
2: with a flying switch knee. Like I looked and my screen buffered and then the lean was on the ground. I was like, really? I had to watch it again. I was like, this big motherfucker just ran across again. Then took his pants off and crotch chopped the crowd. You know why. (laughs) His balls. (laughs) We (laughs) called it last week. (laughs) I nailed every prediction last week, including that one. His balls was
1: hot. Yeah. I'm low-key mad we didn't get Derrick Lewis on the show last week. Yeah, no, we
2: need to get Derrick Lewis on the show.
1: But great performance by him. Yeah, if Derrick is fighting anywhere else against a stand-up guy, he still has a chance. There's this funny scenario
2: that, like, John beats A and retires that Derrick Lewis wins the title. Finds a way to beat Sergey Pavlovich, Cirogan, or whoever the Tom Aspinall. Like, what if Derrick Lewis eventually won the UFC heavyweight title? It's not completely outside the realm of possibility. He could do it I don't think he will yeah but it'd be a hell of a story imagine Derek Lewis as your champ no pants on no no then I
1: gotta wrap the belt around yep I like it all right just don't put that fight in Texas and then Bobby Green subs Tony Ferguson
2: look man this was a bizarro ass card for these first two finishes it's over for turn. So I talked to Tony Ferguson last week and he was just full of piss and vinegar, just mad. And I was like, why is he so mad? And he was just like, <laughs> The mad rapper? No, he would. Why are like, you? He so started mad? off like he wouldn't turn on his camera for the Zoom interview. He just wouldn't. And I was like, all right, whatever. And then he just started, you know, and everybody keep fucking writing me off. And I was like, hey, like, obviously you've heard the banter of retirement. How, and he, like, before I could finish the question, he's like, I'm never going to retire. And I'm like, all right. Like, I'm going to kill Bobby Green. This is personal. He goes out there and he fucking gets subbed by an arm triangle by Bobby Green. It's over. Like, bruh. They got to cut him. You're done. They like, got to save him from himself. And then he goes and says, Bobby Green knew I was winning. And he poked me in the eye on purpose? No, Tony. That's not what happened. I don't Bobby know Green, is not, he's not as accurate with his punches. We think he's going to poke you right in your eye on purpose? That's a, that's a hard thing to do. Tony Ferguson's just not good. It's over. It shows you how much you fall off in MMA. When it happens, it's over. Right off the cliff. You're not coming back from this. No.
1: It may, like, you know, Some Rob- people hit a second win.
2: Well, Robbie Lawler. See, people like Robbie Lawler were young enough to have their missteps. Tony Ferguson's old. Yeah. And Tony Ferguson's never been a big striker. Tony Ferguson's, I always felt like, I always said it. When you looked at that, that streak he was on, I was like, look at who he beat. It's not that impressive. Then he ran to g- Justin he like, tore his face off. Yeah. Right? And he's just never been the same. He could be as mad and talk about trying. You can say whatever you want. You just got arm triangle by
1: Bobby Green. You can't say shit. <laughs> and then fight before that, Michael Chiesa, sub by Kevin Holland. Kevin Holland's a black belt. Subathon. Yeah, a lot of people
2: don't know Kevin Holland's a black belt, but I sure as hell did not think this was going to happen. First of all, Joe Rogan goes on the broadcast and says he's like Tommy Hearns. I was like, God damn it, Joe. What are we talking damn about? It, Joe, like <laughs> Kevin, like we're not going to compare Kevin Holland to Tommy Hearns. Not tonight, but he did it. He did it anyway. But Kevin Holland is the UFC's in debt to him for life. Right. But he does what he does, man. He's, he's not a bad fighter. No, he's not a bad fighter. And the best part about Kevin Holland is he's always kind of prepared. As long as he's not injured, you can call him tomorrow and he's going to fight somebody. Two different weight divisions. He gives you a bunch of cool matchups. It doesn't matter. And he never really has a bad fight unless you're the one giving him a bad fight, like when Marvin Vittori fought him. Like, if he's able to throw hands with you and scrambles and things of that nature, he's good. He knocked out Jacare off his back. He submits Michael Chiesa with a rebound choke. Like, he just he's good.
1: He's a guy. Or whenever Justin Gaethje decides to retire, he's a BMF. Uh, he's the BMF guy. He has a BMF ring. Yeah, <laughs> like he got a ring made.
2: He told me in the interview, and he wore it. And he's like, he's, he's like, I'm the real BMF because I'll fight anybody anytime. I was
1: like, he's right. Sure, you don't he's win a, all the time, but no, sure, you don't need to win all the time to have that belt. It's more about the attitude. He's the next guy in line for that belt. And then Gabriel Bonfim and prelims submission. Just because Jake Matthews wins by submission. Why were there so many submissions on this card? This is a Nick card through and through. There was a yeah. million submissions, and this guy hit on every single one of them. So <laughs> it was a wild ass night on that card. Tons of subs. Tons of finishes, though. I mean, yeah, the, like the card was a BMF card. It was
2: a it was a good UFC card. It just went up against the wrong thing that night. I don't know how how much the crossover there is, but I just know everybody I know. Was watching Spence
1: Crawford. Yes. Uh, but they seemed to do really well. I mean, sure it did. Everyone at work had a good night, so no one was complaining. This week, we have UFC card Sanhagen versus Font. Really, co-main is what we're looking at. There's, I mean, we're going to talk to Damon Jackson versus Billy Quintillo. That's going to be a good fight. Uh, good fights up and down. But co-main, Jessica Andrade. Tatiana Suarez. Dude. The fight that interests me most this weekend. Like it would have interested me if this happened three
2: fights before Jessica Andrade just went on this terrible losing streak.
1: Yes, that's true.
2: Tatiana Suarez is about to run her over. Just like Tony Ferguson, who I just talked about this. When is when you're losing like this, it doesn't let up. Suarez is going to finish her. Yeah, by submission. Yeah. She's a monster. Take it to the bank. She's a monster. She is a monster. This would have been fantastic like last year. Yeah. Like, just got from last year. This year's just got Not so much. No. She's just taking Something fights to, to get say. paid. Like, she's just taking fights. She's trying to figure it out. Trying to get back on. No, nah, she's just trying to get paid. I promise you. Like, there's a part of her. Like, yeah, she wants to win. But they keep offering me fights. I'll just keep taking them. Yeah. And then I'll lose faster so I can turn around and get another fight.
1: Yeah. They're doing her no- no service by giving her just tough fights. I don't know what her. she did to
2: Dana and Hunter. <laughs> like like the, the Suarez fight, it's crazy to think that she's lost these fights, and they go, "Yeah, we're gonna give you the woman that we thought would be champion by now, but she's been out 100." percent Jesus. And then Corey Sanhagen, Rob Font. I mean, Sanhagen's been in this weird spot that he's been placed in. Yeah, give me Rob
1: Font, baby. He throws hands. Nah, I'm taking Corey Sanhagen. I gotta pick a. I gotta pick the Puerto Rican.
2: I'm picking San Hague. San San Hague is really good regardless of what Aljo did to him. And yeah, you know, he lost to TJ Dillashaw, but he's, he's really good. I wouldn't. I'm just picking him out of principle. Yeah. I mean, I get it. I mean, it's funny. We're back to these UFC fight nights. Like we have this big pay-per-view and you look at the fight nights. You're like, (laughs) and now uh, we're not too far away from the Mexican independence. Day card. No. And Shavkat Romanov does not have an opponent now. Because Kevin Gastelum got a spinning elbow in the face. Who the fuck is inspiring throwing, throwing spinning, spinning elbows? El- like, what are you doing? First of all, that's not even what Shaft Cat really does. So who's emulating that in sparring? Now you just fucked up the car. But you kind of saved yourself from embarrassment. Because that oh, was yeah. a Mexican Independence Day card. Shafcat Romanov is probably going to be a champion. Would have run through it. He would have murdered him. knife through butter. And, you know, the Mexican crowd in attendance would have been pissed because now you got to watch him lose and probably Alexa Grosso lose
1: as well. It's not going to be a good night for Mexican Independence Day. No, so they saved them some heartbreak. Uh, we actually have UFC Boston coming up in a couple of weeks. Al Yo, Joe, who looks big as hell. Yeah. They show a video package
2: dedicated to Sean, Sean O'Malley. O'Malley. <laughs> listen.
1: Is it because it it's in Boston, Dre?
2: Hey, listen. I, I did that show, me and Big Mac did the show, and a dude called in and was like, you're saying Boston's racist? Uh, no, I said, I'm telling you that Sean O'Malley is the A-side of this fight. Yeah. I don't care that Al Joe's the champion. Boston is racist. Yes, but I was like, We're, let's start with his last name is O'Malley. He's fighting in Boston. He's a white guy fighting a black dude. Of course, he's going to be the A-side. And this dude just got mad at him on the phone. We had to hang up on him. Oh, Boston, shut the fuck up. <laughs> now... You be pissing off the guests. I mean, the, the callers. Yo, he was just mad because that's what I was talking about. Because I was just like, the, Aljo's not being treated like the a side in the fight. Now I have proof. Yeah, they did a video package around the challenger. How much more disrespect does Aljo deserve? All the disrespect. I hope he fucking mows O'Malley down. I really do. He can sub him. He can if if he can get in range and gets his hands on him. Yeah, he'll sub him. Like I don't think it'll be hard for him to sub him. No. And then. You got to tell Dana White to suck your dick. Because that's, that's, bruh, how you going to promote that? You don't even promote me like that. I'm no. the champ. This dude? Oh. Really? At this point, a long-reigning champ. Right. Like, you've had the
1: title. And they gave O'Malley a video package. Wild. And then Ian Gary's on that card, so that's going to be really good. Cody Garbrandt's on that card. Cheeto Vera. Chris Piet- Pedro Munoz. That's, the card's actually going to be it's really fun. Card. Chris Weidman the ghost mm, of chris weidman yeah <laughs> it's all that card mm, about that. yeah so we, that's gonna be a fun fight week we have plenty of good fights still to come let's take one more break come back welcome our guests talk about the big fights this weekend and that should be really fun you guys enjoy that don't go anywhere be right back after this
3: My
1: com. What up, everybody? We are back, and as promised, we are here with Damon Jackson, the leech UFC, fighting this weekend on the Sandhagen versus Font card. Damon, you're trying to get back on the horse. You had one hell of a streak going um, before your last fight against Danny Gay, who's an amazing, amazing fighter in the featherweight division. But that's just a small hiccup. Everyone's waiting to see what you do when you come back this weekend. You took a little longer off between fights than you did last year. How are you feeling coming into this fight? And do you feel like you're ready to reel off another one of those big
4: streaks? Yeah, man. Uh, actually, right before that past Sabatini fight, I actually tore my peg. Mm. and you uh, I know, I went into I went into that fight with the zero chance of wrestling. I, there was no way I could wrestle that whole fight, and I knew that Pal was going to be a tough grappler. So it was. Uh, I was very fortunate to land that front kick in the first round, and um, you know, going into the the uh, Deninga the camp, you know, preparing for him, you know, he's a he's an awesome striker, so I really wanted to have my wrestling on point, and it just um, I wasn't held up, man. It took me, it, I literally just about two months ago, I felt like I'm back at a hundred percent, and so now it's been. Uh, back to my normal grind with wrestling and jiu-jitsu every day and doing my thing like that. So, uh, really frustrating for sure, but, uh, you know, a lot of momentum lost, but, you know, I took some time off after the fight, and, uh, you know, me and my wife went on a real long trip to Italy, and we were in uh, Turkey, and then we uh, came back over and we opened up a gym. So, um, I got my gym rolling. Uh, it's been open for almost two months now, and, uh, you know, things are going great. I'm getting to train more than ever, just a lot of technique, a lot of stuff I haven't done in years, so... Uh, It's been a great experience so far. So,
2: Damon, I want to ask you, because you talk about this injury not coming into the fight at 100%. Do you ever consider not fighting when you're not at 100%? Or do you have any regrets (laughs) for taking the fight with Ige even though you didn't feel up to snuff?
4: No, hell no. No, Ige caught me, man. If I would have caught him, I would have been the man. So it's like, (laughs) you know, you are what you are. Like, I I would never pull out of a fight. Um, If I sign a contract and I'm I'm guaranteeing myself that day, I'm going to do it. Uh, a lot of these guys, they get so sensitive and they, you know, they think things have to go perfectly. And, you know, the moment they don't, they pull out and it's just such a bitch move. I can't stand it. I'm getting tired of it. It's like people are pulling out um, eight, nine weeks before the fight. I'm like, what are you like? I mean, eight or nine weeks, you're going to feel like a champ in eight or nine weeks. Like, what are you talking about? Why are you pulling out already? So it's kind of uh, like that Kevin Gaslam, you, you know, dodging shot clock. I mean, I, I understand he's a killer matchup for anyone, but, uh, you know. You got that much time to prepare, man, like, you know, give me a break. I just get tired of it. So uh, I'm not going to be that guy. You know, I went into fights with uh, torn college in my ribs. Uh, I had a scratch now that was, like, maybe three or four days before my fight. Um, I've had broken hands, broken uh, broken uh, toes, fingers, you know, everything. So, um, you know, these people are soft nowadays, man. It's just uh, it's, it's sad. <laughs>
1: So, with all that being said, this is the most healthy you are since when? When was the last time you felt this healthy coming into a fight?
4: Um, probably Charles Rosa. It's been been about a year. It's been a rough, rough grind, man. I had some issues with. Uh, I broke my big toe right before the fight with Dan. Uh, um, Whatever the Dan, I don't even remember his freaking last name. Whatever, the, the first Dan, not not Dan Inge. It was the first. Argueta. Argueta. Yeah. Argueta. Yeah. So I had a uh, I had a pretty nasty uh, toe break about uh, two weeks before that fight. I broke my big toe, and uh, so I took out my front kick. And uh, you know, there's just you know little baby shit that adds up. It's just a it's a beat down. This is a rough sport, rough life, and. Um, you know, I'm I'm ready to roll, man. I feel you know just mentally, I'm so focused and all my training. It's like uh, I'm getting to work with a lot of beginners, and so sparring with them, teaching them the basic you know slipping techniques, how to move their feet the right way, how to wrestle, how to do jiu-jitsu, how to set up their shots from you know punches to shots. Uh, I'm getting I'm getting hundreds and thousands of reps that I you know that I haven't gotten in years. So uh, it's been great.
2: Uh, how do you feel about the featherweight division right now? I mean, it's a pretty stacked division. It feels like you're kind of on the cusp of breaking into the top fifteen with a nice little streak here. But what are your thoughts on the division right now?
4: Yeah, man. I mean, you you look at anyone in the top top twenty guys. I mean, you're looking at killer matchups no matter what. So uh, there's there's fights there for sure that are you know better for me than than others. But uh, you know, pretty much everybody there is gonna be killer. They're tough matchups for you know in some way somehow they're tough matchups for sure. So. Uh, I'm not looking for easy fights. I don't do that. They came to me with this matchup. Um, you know, I was I was trying to get my gym going and everything. And then they're like, hey, you want to fight this amount of time? And I'm like, oh, that's perfect. You know, it gives me a little bit of time to train and get the gym running. So um, just good timing.
1: With that being said, heading into this fight against Billy this weekend, it is a matchup of both you guys kind of battling to position yourself in the top 15. When you look yeah. at him, is there one area where you say, like, okay, this is where I have my advantage going into this fight? And is that what you do when you go into Octagon? So many times we talk to people on the show, and they're like, yeah, I'm going to wrestle this guy. They get in there, they get hit, and they're like, fuck it, I just want to throw hands. Like, how, yeah. how much of your preparation in camp and that game plan actually translate to what you do in the Octagon? And is that what you're looking yeah. to do this weekend?
4: That's the name of the game, man. You, got, you come up with a game plan with your coaches and your coach, whatever, you go out there and you try to, put, you try to implement it. Uh, usually the first round is about game plan And then the second, third round are like Fuck it rounds You're just out there trying to get it finished You're out there trying to win You're Trying to do whatever it takes So, um, you know, I definitely got some uh, some tricks up my sleeve But I'm ready to roll, man I'm like the old school, the leech My, my nickname is the leech for a reason I, You know, I'm coming back with the leech um, You know, it's something that means a lot to me To have a nickname It's I've had it for years And, um, you know, it's, it's how I fight It's who I am So, you um, be expecting that for sure. Definitely gonna be wrestling this fight and, uh, being in his face with that grappler. So, I'm sure he's prepared. He's a, you know, he's a, he's a black belt. So I know these black belts are tough guys and, uh, I'm sure he's prepared for the jiu-jitsu. So, uh, you know, maybe I'll have to, we'll have, maybe we'll have to throw hands the whole fight. Because so- he's a black belt. I don't, I don't want to get caught in his triangle or something. <laughs>
2: Got you on that. So, I mean, looking at your career thus far in the UFC, like we just mentioned, it feels like you're maybe a fight or two away from being in the top 15. Dude, your only losses are to Dan Ige recently, Ilya Teporia. Like, do yeah. you, when you lose, not the Ige fight, the Teporia fight, did you learn something about yourself that helped you get on that streak that you were on? And can you apply the loss to Ige to go on another streak? Or is there something that you pulled out of that loss?
4: No, I mean you have to. If you don't pull something at a loss, you're crazy. Like you're doing it for the wrong reasons. If you can't open your eyes and see that you're not perfect, then you know you got problems. But um, you know, like I was 100% prepared for uh, a grappling match against Taporia. I Man, like you looked his name up before we fought, before he made his debut and stuff. Like he was nobody. He was like a grappler. That was it. And um, he, you know, he had one fight where he kind of looked impressive on the feet, but for the most part. He was just a grappler he's a fucking he's a really good grappler i know he hasn't he hasn't really showed it a lot but he's actually a really good grappler and that's what i thought i was at the whole camp was wrestling jits, wrestle jits, back and forth so when he came out slinging i was like oh man this kid's got power like he's fucking fast like i was in trouble because uh, i was thinking it was gonna be a completely different fight you know and i learned a lot from that just by you know really uh, not underestimating uh, who I was going to fight and stuff. And then, uh, not that I underestimated him, I just didn't think it was going to be the same fight. And then the Inge fight, um, you know, I really, I, I don't want to be that guy that makes excuses, but I really wasn't 100%. So if Bryce Mitchell gets hurt, you bet your ass I'll be stepping in on that. I'm going to be I'm gonna be throwing my name out there every time I get a chance. Uh, I, was, I really wanted the Bryce Mitchell fight before the Dan Inge fight. And uh, he, had a, he had a couple of opponents that uh, pulled out. So I was trying to plug myself into that fight short notice and they just wouldn't take it. So if Dan or Bryce get hurt and I beat Billy on Saturday, then, you know, that's my game plan. I would love to step in short notice and fight one of those guys. And um, I just want to get one or two more fights in. I I really want two more fights in this year, but practically, I definitely want one more for sure.
1: Yeah. Talking about that and then stepping in like, you know, late notice. Now that you have the gym, you're training more, is that an advantage for you to be able to be like, you know what? I want to take these fights because I'm constantly in the gym. Like, I own a gym now. Does that Man, allow you to control, just be dude. able to fight? I
4: got, yeah. Hell yeah. No, it's a huge advantage because, I mean, I got these kids looking up to me. I got these kids watching me. Uh, I'm training like, you know, the days where when no one's looking, you're in there on the bike and you're hitting like 60 on your RPMs. Now I'm hitting like 110s and stuff. You know, like, it's just different. You know, when you got people, you got eyes on you, you got to, you know, you got to step up. You know, if you're the head, head man at the gym and you you know you're leading the pack you gotta you gotta make sure these kids have something to look up to and they have something to look forward to and um you know i'm not gonna be out there to disappoint saturday man this is gonna be a scrap and i know because i know billy's a tough dude uh, but you know i I'm, i've got the old school mindset now i'm back at it and um i'm just eager man i'm just ready to get in there and get it going
1: man we can't wait to watch your fight this weekend everyone damon jackson the leech fighting this weekend billy quarantillo Damon, thank you so much. Hopefully, we hope to see you fight two more times this year. Because, again, we'd love oh, yeah. to see you active. Love to see you go on another streak. This featherweight division is just stacked. So your name being in there and all the matchups are just so, super exciting for all the fans. So thank you so much for taking this time out to talk to us, man. We really appreciate
4: it. Oh, yeah, man. I appreciate it. Thank you.
1: Thank you. All right. Again, Damon Jackson here. Make sure you guys tune in this week into UFC. We recapped the entire UFC pay-per-view last week, so we appreciate you all for listening. As always, we'll keep this short and sweet. For everyone here at Blue Iron Studios and the Wynn Resort in Las Vegas, myself, the old man, Andreas Hale. Until next time, we're out. Peace.